Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Linz, what do you got? Well, as far as NFL off-season dates go, after the NFL draft, the next most important date on the calendar is schedule release day. And according to Adam Schefter, Commissioner Roger Goodell met with Howard Katz, who oversees scheduling for the league, earlier today. The league is looking at May 11th as its release date for the 2023 schedule. Nothing is official yet. But Schefter says, get this, that Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson situations were what was holding things up. But now that those things are settled with those guys, the league feels like it's safe to release the schedule two weeks after the draft. Those guys have a lot of power. Well, I mean, but think about it, right? Like if, if Aaron Rodgers went back to the Packers and if Lamar Jackson did not sign with the Ravens before the schedule release... That, that might impact what games the Packers might play in primetime or the Ravens might play in primetime. Right. And so it's like, hey, we put the Ravens on Monday Night Football, but it turns out there's no Lamar Jackson. That turned out to be a huge mistake. But now that they've got Lamar and they've got Rodgers moved to the Jets, I mean, now, now you can go ahead and know who should be playing Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night, who got the big primetime afternoon national game. I mean, it actually stands to reason. Yeah, I would wait. You have what? What hurry are you in? If you're I, the NFL, I find it very fascinating though that like you know the schedule release date hinges on those guys. I, I don't even. I I mean, you told me what day it is. I don't even remember. May eleventh. Yeah, May eleventh, George. You may not care now, but wait until that day comes out and all the different social media teams are putting out oh, there. Oh yeah, I mean, I'll look cool at it then. Fundings. That's kind of the thing. I'll just yeah. know when on that day because everybody's posting stuff. I look. You also couldn't pay me to sit in Kansas City in that sea of people. No. Um, I mean, to work would be different, but just like to go, like if I weren't like someone from Kansas City, maybe if I lived there, not even that. Let's be real. But if I didn't live there, fly to Kansas City just to stand in that crowd of a sea of people. No thanks. What you don't, don't want to put on your team jersey and paint your face and yeah. scream no. for the cameras. Yeah. Really? No. Where do those people come from? Because like you really mean to tell me there's like when they shoot, you know, like they go to the the shot of like all the Jets fans with their Faces painted and rah. It's like, are there really that many like yes. rabid Jets fans yeah, that are just yeah. going to watch the draft? Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy. But I feel like they're true. staged. Well, I feel like um, back <laughs> in the old the days, the NFL's hiring stand-ins. Yes, I do. It's possible. <laughs> back I in the do. old days, you know, they used to have these TV shows on MTV, and um, they'd have these kids standing on the streets in Times Square, and then once the camera would show up, everybody's job was to scream. TRL. Yay! Yeah. Yes, right, right. TRL. That's what the NFL draft is when they show the fans. Like, okay, we're going to have to come to you guys and you guys scream and go nuts, and then they do. But I will tell you guys, and I know we'll talk about it coming up, I watched a lot of the draft on Saturday. Not the first round, not the second round. I'm talking late round. I had it on in the background, yeah, on that day. Watched a lot of it on Saturday. I don't know if I watched it. I had it on. And then if I heard a name I recognized, I would look up for a second. Well, I'll tell you why in a few minutes, yeah. why I actually found myself sitting home in bed Saturday afternoon watching the draft. You're going to want to know this, George. Okay. It's important to you. You're going to tell me later? Yeah, later. Oh, okay. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right.
We got questions here. Lakers, Warriors. Can you get a little NBA music, Laura? I probably should have told you before. Yeah, there you go. I was going to say you should do the Amazon football one. <laughs> Which we didn't like at the beginning, but then it kind of grew on us. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it, I it did kind of grow on us. Uh, so anyway, all right. Who has the advantage in the Warriors-Lakers series? All right, so here are some of the questions. And shout out to Michael Pena of uh, The Ringer, who did this story today. That You mean that first question wasn't a question? Who has the advantage? Uh, I mean, you can tell us who you think has an advantage. Go ahead. I think, I think the Lakers have the advantage. I think the Lakers have the advantage going into this series. Why is that? They've played one fewer game, so they're fresher, number okay, one. fair. Number two, let's face it, um, where we are right now is kind of house money, and I'm not going to say that the Lakers would lose this series and go, hey, nobody thought we'd be here, so we had a good year. I'm just saying that you're playing the defending champs. They are trying to defend their crown. Pressure is on those guys. I don't care what their seed is. Yeah. Pressure is on the Warriors. No there's one thought more, the Lakers would more, be here. More pressure, but I still think there's pressure when you have LeBron and AD, and you're the Lakers. Okay, that's why I'm going advantage Lakers. Slight in the, in the pressure category. All right. Now, the question is, how do they defend Steph Curry? And I know everyone, like, I already got people in my mentions, oh, just put Vando on him. Vando's great, don't get me wrong, but he's Steph Curry. Like, you can only put so many guys on him. He's going he's gonna to eventually figure it out, right? Like, even if it, even if it, maybe if it's one game, maybe one game flips the series, it's possible. But the reality is he's going he's gonna to figure it out. I know you can probably throw Austin Reeves on him. If you're actually going to be smart about this, if you're the Lakers, you need to throw a lot of different looks right, at him. Right. You can't just throw one guy on him. Um, and I know there are people screaming about the Kings, right? Because Mike Brown took Davion Mitchell off him to put Terrence Davis when Davion Mitchell had some success on him. Um, and I love Davion Mitchell. I think that kid is going to be a defensive player of the year type candidate. I think he's got like Marcus Smart written all over him. He's going to be really good on defense. If he can shoot and hit a three occasionally, he'll be really valuable in this league. But he's not stopping Steph Curry. And neither is Jared Vanderbilt. Neither is Austin Reeves. You just have to try to neither make him Dennis work. Neither is Dennis Schroeder. Neither is anybody. Right. I mean, this is, I want to answer the question. The question oh, was, um, how, how will the Lakers guard Steph Curry? Or guard him, right. And the answer is they don't. They'll try. They'll have another human being on him. They'll throw different people at him, but you're not going to stop Steph Curry. So, look, is he going to score 50 points in a game? Over the course of seven, he might. Is he going to score 40? He might. Is he likely to score 30? Yeah, probably more than once. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the Warriors are going to win. So, the question is, who will guard? A lot of people. How will they guard? They're not going to. He's going to get his points. Um, I know how you try to guard Steph Curry. Do you want my opinion on it? Let me hear. You make him work on defense and try to slow him down that way. And that historically, I think, has been a better way to do it. You got to make him try to defend. You got to try to put him in pick and roll. You got to try to get him in a position where he's got to defend and tire him out a little bit. That way he's got less energy for the offensive end. That would be my... Uh, way of trying to slow down Steph Curry. All right. All right. Duly noted. Yeah. Um, the next question, Michael Pena again. I think he's a great writer. I'm a big fan of his. I read his stuff at The Ringer all the time. He asks, which version of Anthony Davis will show up? And I think that's a legitimate question, right, after what we saw in the Memphis series. Now, granted, is he playing the reigning defensive player of the year who's also close to seven feet tall? No. But he's playing two guys in Draymond Green, who is a former defensive player of the year, who's very crafty, right? And a guy in Kevon Looney, 
and I think those guys will work in tandem. I don't think you're guarding Anthony Davis with one guy. They're going to show him also, like we talked about with Steph, different looks, right? And Kevon Looney is big and thick, yep. right? Mm -hmm. Different kind of body than AD is used to. He's not going to be able to push Looney around like he could push Draymond around. So that's why I'm saying they're going to try to mix that up. I'm curious to see how AD adapts to that type of physicality, different from what he saw against Memphis, where it was a lot of Jaron Jackson. Just go back to the uh, theory that I unveiled to everybody earlier today, the one-one-two theory. Yeah, you don't need Anthony Davis to win you two or three games in this series. You brought it up last week. He'll have impact on the game whether he scores twelve points or thirty-one points. He's going to have impact defensively. Right. So you need one really good scoring performance. Wait a second. Isn't that what I said last week? Yes, that's what I just said to you. I said last week you explained how he would have impact. That is true. Okay. And he will. Yeah. Because of my 1-1-2 one, one, theory, right. I don't need it to be 2-1-1. One, one. So you're okay for an occasional like 15-point game? It, I would like to see Anthony Davis score consistently 20-plus. Yeah. But if he has a 15-point game, but he has seven blocks in the game, yeah. and the Lakers win, right. then so be it. There you go. So, you know what? You don't have to go to hell. Real? Oh, I'm I'm now off the go-to-hell list? Yeah, for really? now. For oh, now. For now. Okay. For now. Yeah. So, look, can Anthony Davis be what the Lakers need him to be? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they can. But the Lakers also need D'Angelo Russell to be what he can be at certain times. Austin Reeves, Rui. It, it, it's going to take a full team ever. It's not just about LeBron and AD. And it's not just about Steph and Clay. All right, what's the next question? Davis was, I'm looking at the numbers here. Davis has been really good against the Warriors in his career. Uh, both with the Lakers and the Pelicans, mm -hmm. uh, on offense and defense. Okay. So I'm curious to see if they if they make certain adjustments that they had never made previously uh, with AD. All right, next question. Where are we going? How healthy is LeBron James is the question. If I had to guess, he's nowhere near 100%. Is that fair to say? He can't be. Well, what percentage do you think he is? Take a stab. Just take a guess. If I had to recklessly speculate? Yeah. Probably like 75 to 80. 75 to 80? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say 86.4. He's, he's got two busted wheels, man. Well, maybe, but you Even can't with see the it. LeBron James of doctors. You, you can't see it. Or foot doctors, you, pardon me. You can't see it when he's running. You can't see it when I he's jumping. I think you can see it occasionally. I can't see it. Uh, on occasion. Lindsay, you've watched this man most of his career. Would you say occasionally you can see that something's wrong there? Yeah, I think so. Oh, stop it. Occasionally. Can't Only occasionally. There are moments during the games where you're like, Mm, he didn't get by that person like he normally would even and then, a few months ago. And then there are other moments in the game where he explodes toward the basket right. and he has a reverse but, dunk, but, but he doesn't have to reverse but it, but he does it. That's, the, that's what I'm talking about. The lack of being able to do that on a more regular basis leads me to believe, even though he'll never admit it, that he's nowhere near 100%. And right. by nowhere near, I mean probably at least 20% off. I've got LeBron in the mid-80s. Okay. In terms of health percentage, yeah. that's my HPM, my health is that, percentage. Is meter. that like is that like the weather in the valley or what LeBron's health is? No, that's think? the health no. percentage okay. meter. Okay, yeah, those are like sixty in my book. Wow, sixty. LeBron's only sixty percent healthy. I think so. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Any other? Yeah, questions? he's just looked off to me on some some nights and some games and some even within the game. Um, then the next question is Andrew Wiggins. He's to me with the Warriors currently the biggest X factor and he was their X factor last year last year I mean he's their second best player last year if you really think about it when you combine his offensive and defensive prowess um but he's missed a lot of time and he's 
kind of working his way back into the game in a playoff series last series, which is not easy to do. Now, he had moments on offense where he did not look good at all, but I would say for the most part, for the most part, there might have been a game here or there early on in the series where he didn't look like Andrew Wiggins on defense, but by the end of the series, he was really good. Like, I want to say in Game 7, I saw the stat earlier today on ESPN, if I'm memory serves me correctly, the Kings shot 5 of 19 against him in Game 7. So, He's a big part of what they do and their success, and you have to be able to deal with him, whether it's what he does on defense and, God forbid, he explodes on offense. Yeah, I take my chances. Again, I mean, I, I know Steph's going to get his points. I'm going to have to have everybody else beat me. It sounds very simple, but it's no different than in football. You know, if you don't believe in the other quarterback, you stack the box. You, you, you say, go ahead, beat us. It was like what happened with Russ earlier this year. Teams saying, we won't even guard you. Go ahead and shoot. In other words, it's going to take a full team effort. And Steph is going to get his. Clay is going to get his. At times, Wiggins may as well. You just can't let it, somebody else just go off. So my biggest concern yeah, let me hear. for the Lakers in this series, go ahead. I'll tell you on the other side. Plus, plus, let's get into the draft. The Raiders, the Rams, the Chargers. The Rams, I thought, did great except for one thing. I'll tell you what that is as well on the other side. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Oh, nice. Oh, oh, I love this song. Who is it? This is, um, is this Peso Pluma? <laughs> there you go, Cappy. I'm so proud of you. Is this, uh, Ella Baila Sola? Baila. <laughs> is this Ella Baila Sola? It is. I'm so proud of you. I'm a big Peso Pluma fan. He was at the Laker game, courtside. I know. And he was on Jimmy Fallon two days yeah. ago. Oh, really? Yeah. TV debut, U.S. TV debut. That's hey, badass. Peso Pluma. See? It's a nice pen you got there, buddy. Yeah. Because you know Pluma? Could also be Feather. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It's not pen? Double P. Could be either. I don't know. <laughs> Depending on the situation. I just got really hungry, so I just offered everyone, literally walked around the entire building offering anyone if they yeah. wanted Yard House, yeah. and everyone said no. What'd you order? I haven't ordered yet. What are you going to get? Because I went to ask everyone. I'd probably get like a chicken sandwich. I hadn't eaten anything all day. And uh, I was on my you know, I was on my way up. And then I came into the office. My stomach was rumbling, dude, like all day long, you know? Mm, yeah. I don't know what's going on Shocker. in here. I know, right? Um, and I walked the streets. I like to just walk the streets for about 30, 40 minutes, you know? And I found this little pizza joint around you the corner. the streets? Yeah, you know, I just, mm. I get, that's how you get the cred. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You got to be out there. 
to get that cred on the streets. I got you, King. You, you see what I'm saying? So I walked down the street and I found this little pizza joint and I sat in this little pizza joint by myself having one slice of pizza thinking that the cheese might bind me up should something go down. You feel cheese me? Cheese is like the, I feel like that's a bad thing yeah. in that scenario. Oh, cheese isn't yeah. binding you. Oh, it's no. dairy. Oh, I no. needed like a banana or something. No, you yes. need like some pumpkin. Yeah, some banana, fiber, protein. Banana, bread. Yeah. yeah, apples. Not cheese, bro. <laughs> oh, really, bro? No. Yeah. That's like no. the last thing you oh, should Oh, really? Eat. I was yeah. thinking cheese would like, maybe like, you know, keep it all together somehow. So no. basically <laughs> we all need to worry about the next hour and however many yeah. minutes yeah i mean should i need to unexpectedly leave quickly you'll know what the story is yeah ideas me all right um so cappy i teased on the way out mm-hmm. um i asked you what uh what were i talking oh we were talking about the lakers right no, we were talking about the nfl draft no i said we were going to talk about the nfl oh draft. that's what we were going to talk about um all right but i do think that there's one big key oh to this lakers team okay. this lakers series against the warriors okay, what is this one big key tell me now, the Lakers, if there's one part of their defense that has not been great, mm-hmm. okay, it's their transition defense, okay? And the Warriors, during the season, played the fourth fastest pace on offense of anyone in the season, okay? This in the regular season. Now, they didn't do that very much against the Kings, but I think that they took a different approach against a Kings team because they were going to try to play at light speed and they wanted to be more methodical, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that the Warriors can look at this series and be like, all right, LeBron's got two busted feet. Anthony Davis is incredible. But if we if we run him up and down the floor, eventually he's going to get tired too. And we don't really trust any of those other guys other than maybe Austin Reeves and Vanderbilt to, to run up and down the floor. They're going to try to run. And I think that's where the Lakers could be vulnerable is if the Warriors get in transition. Now, look, the Warriors on the flip side – I mean, I've talked to Warriors people all the time, and they they talk about the blessing and the curse that is their big three of Steph, Claymont, uh, Claymont, Draymond, and Clay. I like Claymont better than yeah. than Dre. And it's that as great as they've been for them, clearly, you know, champions four times over. But they do turn the ball over a lot too. But I just think that that's if there's one kryptonite to the Lakers' defense, it's their transition defense, and that worries me a little bit in this series. Well, I would just say this uh, to me. Golden State is older, too. You know, look, Steph's 35, you know? And and I know we all look at LeBron and we say he's 38 and people are like, oh my God, how's he doing this at 38? Here's how. Um, He's one in a billion. Yeah. He takes insane care of his body. Yeah. He's the ultimate professional. Yeah. So even at 38 years old, with everything that he's doing, he's giving his body the best chance to recover. If everybody did that, guys would have 20-year careers, but they don't. So they have five-year careers or 10-year careers if they're lucky. So look, Steph's 35. Clay's had his fair share of injuries. We all know that. Um, Draymond is bound to do something stupid in this series to get himself suspended for a game or two. Why not? So I know what you're saying, George, about the pace that they play. But it's also now the second series of the playoffs, and they had to go seven games okay. against a team that wants to run them up and down the floor. Yeah, I, I, I'm just I just, trying to come up with the opposite, which I, is I get it. This is why the Lakers are going to win. Yeah, I, I just think that 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 to me, if there's one kryptonite to the Lakers' defense, it's their transition defense. We even saw Memphis when they were able to get into transition, you know, make the game close. 
right, within games in that series. And I think the Warriors are better at that than the Grizzlies are because there's also the three-ball factor that you really have to worry about with the Warriors in transition, whereas the Grizzlies are just trying to go to the basket because they don't have anybody that can shoot outside of Desmond Bain, really. Yeah. And the thing is, is that when they are in transition, you know, Steph might shoot from half court. Yeah. And that's the other thing is that he made. I mean, if he, has he made these, a couple of those yesterday, he has by the these logo. crazy games. Yeah. I mean, if he's scoring fifty points, chances are they're winning. Yeah. But, I mean, he's he's gonna get his points. It's just all there is to it. They don't have anybody who can. Def- I, in fact, I don't know that there is anybody that could defend him. I mean, is there? Not really. So not on the regular. I mean, look, LeBron's gonna have to have one monster game and carry this team. Yeah, yeah. The one, two, the one, one, two theory. AD is going to have to have one monster offensive performance to win a game. Yeah. And then Austin Reeves, Rui, and D'Angelo Russell, those three in particular, one of those three guys each night has to make an offensive contribution. Yeah. A big one, a substantial one. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk draft here real quick. So I liked what the Rams did for the most part in the draft. Like, I really, there's not, outside of one pick, that made me scratch my head. I really liked pretty much every single one of the guys that they drafted. Like, I feel like the guys they drafted, I think, how many picks did they have in total? I think 14. I yeah. think they had, like, more than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, well, a lot of them were late in the draft, yeah. right. Well, what, which pick made you scratch your head? Stetson Bennett. What are you talking about? What are you doing? It's a great pick. No, do you know who they really wanted? Tell me. They wanted the kid from Fresno State, Jake Hayner. It okay. seemed obvious that that's who they wanted. Yeah? And Why I think, is that? I think... Just from talking to people. Oh, okay. Because okay. I, I didn't know that it was so obvious. Yeah, from talking to people. Okay. They wanted a quarterback, and Hayner went off the board. Fresno State. I know that I, I'm not applying this just because they went to the same school, but I actually called the Jake Hayner game this year. Um, and Tedford and I spoke before that bowl game. We talked to him at length for like an hour, and he raved about this kid's ability in a way that I haven't seen him rave about a kid since Derek Carr. Um, so like I think Hayner, I don't think he's got the measurables of Derek Carr. Not that Derek Carr is this huge dude. He's a little smaller, but we've seen in this day and age that smaller quarterbacks can can survive. I just think Stetson Bennett, I mean, look, if Matt Leinert struggled in the National Football League, I think Stetson Bennett is gonna struggle in an even bigger way because you're talking about a guy who doesn't have the measurables that Leinert had and also literally never got touched, basically, in games outside of maybe Alabama. Okay. I so I totally disagree. I love this pick it's a by flop the Rams. Of a pick. I love this pick by the Rams, and I'll tell you why. I will always draft a player who comes from a big school, from a power conference, who comes from winning pedigree. This is a young guy right here, and I say young, he's yeah. like twenty six years old. Yeah. That's another thing. You're not that old. AJ, how's that AJ McCarron kid working out? How's, how's Brandon for Whedon Cincinnati? Out? He's in the USFL or the XFL or one of those. things. Not so great, right? But but hold on, listen. I like a guy who comes from a big school and a winning program and a top conference, and a guy who knows how to win. So look, um, a lot of people years ago said Joe Burrow. Look at all the first round talent that's around Joe Burrow. One of the most legendary offenses in the history of college football. Well, I yes and no because i would say going into that season people didn't think lsu would be as good as they were okay but what i'm saying is is that it, when it was everyone all knew georgia done, was going to be a monster okay but, and this is the georgia leader and by the way character what kind of character does a guy have i mean didn't he just get into some trouble he red did. flags he did a lot of red he flags into, but but on the other hand i have to i have to measure the risk versus the reward 
The risk is he was he got caught drunk public in public. Okay, he made. So what happened to Baker Mayfield? Tried to run away from the cops. Yeah, but but in this case, he's got two national championships. Well, but he was the number one overall pick. This guy's a fourth round pick. So the the risk reward there's not there there's maybe upside, but there's not a lot of downside because he's only a fourth round pick. But here's the other thing. This guy didn't go to, to Georgia as a five-star recruit out of high school. He had to bust his butt to get to where he was. And as, as his coach said during the Heisman Trophy presentation, we said this guy wasn't good enough to play at Georgia, and he kept proving us wrong. I think this is a great pick to cultivate a young backup quarterback, and the fact that he is a Georgia kid where he probably looks up to a guy like Stafford, and Stafford doesn't have to feel threatened that he can mentor another Georgia guy, I'm telling you right now, George, I love the pick of Stetson Bennett. Hate it. Love it's it. It's the only one I hate. All the other ones I can look. I like the kid they drafted from Georgia in the fifth round, McClendon, the offensive tackle. That guy was an, a two-time SEC. Uh, the only reason that people like knocked him was because he plays tackle and he's too small for tackle in the NFL. But you just play him a guard. Like, I, I'm surprised the pick that you didn't criticize was the seventh round pick, um, Mr. Irrelevant. Ethan Evans, the punter that they got from Wingate. Now, does yeah, anybody know where Wingate is? Isn't that in the Carolinas somewhere? Don't know. No. Never heard of it before. Yeah. What I loved about watching the draft on Saturday, and I watched a lot of the late round stuff. It is in North Carolina. Is it? Yeah. Lewis Riddick and uh, and uh, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, these guys, if they don't, they make you believe they know every guy. When they drafted this punter out of Wingate and they started showing film of Division Four Wingate, non-scholarship, whatever division these guys play in, and Lewis Riddick is breaking down his hang time and his directional punting, I love that. Um, all right. Coming up next, Radio Tinder. And you know what? I want to get into the Raiders um, draft also. Maybe we'll do, we'll do a quick Radio Tinder and then uh, we'll do the Raiders and the Chargers draft too because I'm sure you have plenty to say about the Chargers. Not really. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks, Christopher. Not a big uh, Starsky and Hutch person. How about you guys? You're too young oh, for yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, you don't understand. Starsky and Hutch, though, the thing you're missing is they had this really, really cool car. It was red and it had this like white stripe that went down the side and the front, and it was really cool. Sounds awesome. And I think they even had like a uh, siren that when when they had to go get somebody, even they more put awesome. it up on top of the roof and get go. Yeah, dude. Sounds like entrapment. No, it's not, got nothing to do with entrapment. It's got everything to do with, hey, that guy just ran a red light, Starsky. Let's go get him. You got it, Hutch. Let me put my siren on the roof. Buddy cop show? It was a buddy cops? 
that type of thing? Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it since 1978, so I don't remember Yeah, it all. we were way too young. Yeah, we weren't even Ooh, thought of. Yeah, yeah. not no. even. Not even thought of. Don't blame me. Blame Chris on this one. He brought it up. I You're mean, right. he did. Mm-hmm. I, I always try and give him something, you know, something that we can all relate to, but, you know, sometimes it just doesn't happen that way. But someone we can all relate to is Mike Francesa, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, even though NFL Sunday Ticket will now reside with YouTube TV, there will be no changes to the NFL Red Zone channel. However, Mike Francesa believes that he should have been considered to uh, host that gig. Uh, here is what he recently said on the Mike Francesa podcast. NFL Sunday Ticket was the greatest invention since fire. And then people got all caught up on the Red Zone channel, okay, which... I don't mind the Red Zone channel, and I told you before, I would have loved to host the Red Zone channel because I would do a great job at handling that in the fourth quarter or in the witching hour. I mean, considering he can barely like get a whole sentence out there uh, talking about it, I don't know if he'd be great at, at hosting the Red Zone channel, but what about you guys? Do you think that you would be a good Red Zone host? Yes. There we go. He's swiping right. How about you, Cappy? Yes. I'll tell you what I wouldn't be good at is hosting the red zone of baseball. Yeah. You know, like um, a couple of years ago, this is, I don't know how many years ago it was. I get this call from a buddy of mine who works over at Fox. He's like, Hey, can you come up here and audition for the red zone of baseball? And I'm like, no, that's a terrible idea. He's like, why? I'm like, because I don't know baseball. Like I know football. Like I could be watching all the screens for football and I wouldn't have to know who the players were. I know by numbers and teams and like, I can do that in football. I can't do that in baseball. And so I'm with George. I think I could do it. George, I think you could do it. I think Mike Francesa today is not nearly as energetic as it would take. Yeah. Like Andrew Siciliano and Scott Hansen both do a great job. No question. Okay. By the way, if they put George in one day for Scott Hansen, I think George would do a great job. They put me in for Siciliano. I think you guys would be like, wow, that was a great job. But Mike Francesa, I don't see it. Not today. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. I mean, I don't know how old Mike is today, but I think Mike still really overestimates what he is in the business today. Well, I think he's, I just don't think he's got the energy to do that for eight straight hours. There's a guy who I watch fall asleep on radio. <laughs> I mean, I literally, there's videos of him on radio and a caller is boring him to sleep. And the next thing you know, he's like, he's sound asleep on radio. You can Google this stuff, man. It's out there. I know why um, George would be a great, great host for Red Zone. Hey there, I'm George Sedano. Right, you can turn on that voice. Exactly. That's so hot. Laura's going to take the next one. <laughs> Cap. Anyways. I mean, the way he turns on that voice, that professional voice. You should tell hey him there. to do it for you. I'm George break. Sedano. Only if I get paid. Oh, there it is, Cappy. <laughs> so anyways, I wanted to post a question that I posted on Twitter and IG, and I got a lot of buzz earlier today. So I had a conversation with my girls this past weekend. We had a girls weekend, and one of my friends is newly into the dating scene and asked us if it was a problem that the guy that she's dating has old pictures of, like, ex-girlfriends and other girlfriends, like or girls, I don't know, friends, that he's been messing with. And he disclosed, he was like, hey, you know, whatever, whatever, I have these pictures. She thought it was kind of sus she's like i don't know how to feel about that now pictures where though on his phone not like on instagram or on no, twitter no, on his phone like okay, on so his these phone. are phone these are pictures now, stored how, in his phone stored from like back in the day 
He says his whole reasoning was like, I just have a lot of storage on my phone and I don't go through it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care to go through them and delete them. There's plenty of people like that. I'm like that. I'll yeah. be honest. And she thought, she was like, I don't know how to feel about it because I clean out my phone every time I'm done with somebody. Like, out of sight, out of mind. So it's funny you say that. Not because this has anything to do, because I haven't, I mean, I, I met my wife before, like, self, like when cell phones were, like, first starting to what, be like, like they are 1985 now. 1985 or what are you talking <laughs> no, about? No, like here? in the in the late 2000s. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So like mm-hmm. it's been, all, I, I've known her for that long. But mm-hmm. um, what I would say is I was going, I, I got a message from Apple mm-hmm. that my iCloud storage was about, was starting to run out. Mm-hmm. Yep, so same. then I started going through, that was the only reason I started going through, mostly videos same. really, because videos are where take up a lot of storage yeah. um, and going through that. But I had not, up until that point, I had never done that. I, I'm the same, because I started doing the same. I had like, hey, your two whatever, whatever I pay for is about to, you know, run out. So you got to clean it. So I started doing the same thing. And I told her, I was like, I believe him because I haven't done this. She's like, so you have old pictures? I'm like, yeah, old pictures. And anyways, the whole question was, she asked if it was a red flag. All right, let me ask you guys all just one question here before I answer your question, which Mm -hmm. is this. How many pictures and how many videos do you have stored on your phone right now? Over 19K. I'll tell you right now. Just give me a second. Okay. Here's mine. You ready for this? Uh, over 10,000 pictures. Yeah. Uh, How many videos? Over 1,100 videos. Listen to mine. Oh, my God. This is so embarrassing. Yeah. I have 31,000 photos. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And 4,200 videos. That's insane. <laughs> I have 2,100 pictures and 2,307 videos. I have 31,000 pictures on my phone. I mean, that's a lot. So here's the thing. I'm with you, Kat. How nine, many you got? Nine, so in total, because the total of videos and pictures, 19,434. Okay. So here's the thing. If I start a new uh, dating life mm-hmm. and I meet up with a girl and she says, so um, do you have pictures of your former girlfriend, the girl you've been dating for that, those last four years? Do you still have pictures of her on your phone? I'd be like, Yeah. That'd be like asking me if do I still have pictures of my ex-wife on my phone? Yes, I do. Why? Those are memories of life. Yep. I'm with you. You mm-hmm. know, like now now I would say this, I would probably like to go to my social media and scrub my social media. That's a little different cuz it's more public. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But on my phone, this is my phone. I carry Well, you it with also me. your ex-wife also is the mother of your four children. Right. But yeah, that's but different. even still like, if, like again, yeah. rem- imagine imagine I I'm single. And two months from now, I meet a girl, we we hit it off, and she starts asking me, do I have pictures of the girl that I had just been seeing the last four years? Yeah, we had a lot of memories together. What's the big deal? I think somebody who expects you to get rid of that is a little unreasonable. Hella sus. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, because like that, like you said, it's not like back in the day when like you'd keep old photo albums and stuff. Like we don't really print our pictures anymore. And while I do have a lot of like I have a shoebox full of old pictures from like high school with like my first boyfriend and stuff. And like I want to keep that stuff because, you know, it's a memory, like you said. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But I, I did. I have wiped my Instagram. Before. I sense that your friend doesn't like this. She she said that because she was in a long-term relationship and she was like, hey, I went through the trouble of being single and kind of getting rid of all negativity and just being ready for a relationship. And supposedly this guy is. She was, I just don't see the point of him keeping all this stuff because it's not like they were married, they have kids. Dude, if I were, you know if I mean? I were like, this guy, I'd get as far run. away from <laughs> yeah, your you friends run away. as I can. So it's funny. Seriously, I'm done with her. I, it's a memory. She's like, weird. For, so for me, like, I talk to my boyfriend and we kind of were in, you know, in concurrence with everybody else. It's like, we don't really care because whatever. The only thing I did say, it's like, if I had pictures of kissing somebody or anything like that, I would probably scrub that, mm. you know, but I would have to remember that. I wouldn't like go through my 19,000 pictures. And yeah, look. I don't. That's or a like, lot. 
naked pics too. Like I feel like you should get rid of those. But I know you wouldn't, Cappy. So I'm not going to ask you. <laughs> Cappy's like, I ain't getting rid of I'm that. I'm not getting rid of it. See, like, he's, hell, he's putting those in that, that secret app right. that's like something else. Now I'm like, else. here, you guys want to see this? Check this girl. The out. alarm clock app, yeah. but it's really your naked, all your nudes, you know. Hmm. Uh, all right, one more lens. All right, so Kyrie Irving has weighed in on one of the many injuries to star players from the first round of the playoffs. Last week, one Milwaukee Bucks fan went viral after he tweeted, Watching an entire Bucks season fall apart because of one play has me absolutely speechless. Then, a Nets fan replied, Now you know how we feel, and he shared a video of the play in, ga- or the play in Game 4 of the 2021 Eastern Conference Semifinals between the Nets and the Bucks when Kyrie Irving sprained his right ankle after landing on Giannis. Well... Kyrie saw this tweet and he replied, quote, one of the most disappointing and painful moments of my career. If I don't get hurt that series, every single one of us on that Brooklyn team slash bandwagon would be champions. No bleeping doubt about it. Do you guys agree with Kyrie? Swipe left or swipe right, George? Um, yeah, I, I mean, listen, they were what? An inch away from winning, uh, from winning that series, if Kevin Durant's foot just hit the centimeter. line, right? I mean, so well, yeah, so I mean, if Kyrie was clearly healthy in that series, they they would have won, and Milwaukee would have never won a championship. But there's a lot of what ifs in life, right? Disagree. Swiping left, he doesn't know that. Um, they're probably winning. Don't know. Um, who did Milwaukee play after that? Don't in, remember. In the conference finals. Exactly. Maybe Boston. <laughs> Does that sound right? I'd have to double check. But the point is, is that there's no guarantee. I've seen plenty of teams that... Kyrie could have gotten hurt later. Right. I've seen plenty of teams that are like, hey, if this guy would have been available for us, that would have changed everything. Yeah, probably would have, but it's not a guarantee. Um, He guaranteed it. Milwaukee played... Oh, that's right. Who'd they play? He's right. Who'd they play? He's right. They would have gone to the finals. They played Atlanta because that was the the Ben Simmons Mm. series. Still doesn't mean they would have won. I mean, they would have won. They would have no, no, won. Phoenix. No, no, would have won the entire thing. Yeah, yeah they yeah, probably would have. If they're, if he's, he's right. If he's, if they're healthy, they win. Well, listen, that's like going back to the Lakers a couple years ago when they had a two-one lead over Phoenix. Right. And if Anthony Davis doesn't get hurt, chances are the Lakers wind up winning that series. Right. But then you probably see Lakers Nets in that series, which is what right, we yep. all predicted at the beginning yep. of the season. Which doesn't mean that Brooklyn was guaranteed to win. A hundred percent. But he's right in the sense that it's a biggest disappointment because if he would have been healthy, that was a chance to them to win a championship. I don't know. Kyrie's I, just, I'm annoyed by Kyrie the other day showing up at that Laker game. Big hug from you know, Oh, that was great. That. And that he was did great. his he old handshake with LeBron. That annoyed me. He brought his cute little daughter. Good thing D'Angelo Russell showed up and scored 31 points. In hey, that game, he needed to. I, I feel right. like he kind of like saw Kyrie on the bench and he's like, I guess I'm playing for my well, job and tonight. The big, and the big hug and the, the handshake. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. D'Angelo's like, all right, I can't. I can't screw this up. Yeah. I'm here with LeBron and AD, and I'm in L.A., and I'm back with the Lakers. I got to have a big night tonight. And then he sticks it to Kyrie. 31 points. You ain't coming here, Jack. It's funny because we were, Slee and I, I sat next to Slee to watch the game, and we were talking about that exact thing. I was like, man, he better ball out tonight because next year it's either him or him. And he did. Yeah. There's only one I'm him. Yep. I and still- that's Austin Reeves. Yep. All right. That is Radio Tinder. We're way over the break. All right. Coming up next, let's finish the draft stuff. Let's finish the draft stuff. Let's get, we did the Rams. Let's do the Raiders and Chargers. And Clayton Kershaw is still defying the odds, man. We'll get to that in a second. But of course, Radio Tinder is brought to you by our friends at Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala. Award-winning small batch premium sippy tequila made from the finest mature agaves. Available everywhere fine tequilas are sold. Visit their website, tequilamandala.com. Demand the extraordinary with Tequila Mandala. Whoa! What's love got to do? Got to do with it. What's love but a secondhand emotion? What's love got to do? 
got to do with it? Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? Oh my God, we're so good. No, we're not. We are awesome. We're pretty terrible, actually. Come on, guys. How awesome was that? You guys were great. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. You like how I lie? I mean, that was impressive. Okay. We knew the words. Uh-huh. We hit the notes. Doo-doop. There's a phrase that fits. We harmonize. But whatever the reason you do it for me. Oh, what's love got to do? Got to do with it. What's love but a secondhand emotion? What's love got to do? Got to do with it. Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? <sighs> why are you grabbing your ear like you're in like the My Girl Wants to Party All the Time video? That's exactly why I'm doing it. Because I learned that from Eddie Murphy in the My Girl Wants to Party All the Time video. Yeah, you got to hold your hand, your finger, By the way, your ear. You can hear better. I, yeah. I've done that occasion <laughs> at a game um, because it's so damn loud. <laughs> okay, but not when you're singing Tina Turner no, on the radio, no, right? No, definitely not. Only when you're singing, my girl wants to party all the time. That's I, I remember I did the, it wasn't as long as the Kings, but the T-Wolves had spent 14 years out of the playoffs a couple years ago, and then Jimmy Butler and Tibbs and, and those guys brought them back after 14 years. I did their first playoff game there against the Rockets, I couldn't hear what I was saying. I literally just told my producer, just yell, go, and I'll start talking. Mm. Right? Because it was like that that was the only way I could hear what I was gonna or what I was gonna know when to go and when I might cue. Because I couldn't hear the the a play-by-play guy tossed to me. You side know, side um, note, wait, real side note, real quick. Why is Tibbs gonna be like, I didn't know Jimmy Butler was capable of that? I feel like that was kind of a shot. Did he really? Yeah. Well, he actually said that before the series that he's not the same player he had when he had him. Um, and you know what? Jimmy was asked about Tibbs, and Jimmy's like, ain't nobody worried about Tibbs. Mm. There you go. That's what I like to hear, Jimmy. How about that? Hey, you know, um, we did talk last week, the four of us, about performing a number yes. at the Mandy's. I'm mm. down. You know? I think we should do like a late 90s R&B yes. jam. Okay. I'm down. I also think, just, just kind of thinking out loud here for a second, because yeah. we're going to get done with the Mandy's. Well, first of all, we got this event coming up this Friday. Yeah, so at Solita in Orange yeah, County. You. And that's going to be awesome. Okay, Banana Cinco de Mayo, yeah. 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the whole crew, the entire Mishbucha is going to be there at Solita in Orange County. That's Friday. Then June 10th is the Mandy's. Right. We have not yet made the announcement, but another monster event coming later in the summer. But I've been thinking about maybe like a, uh, a karaoke night or perhaps like no, that I would love to do. You a would karaoke. like a karaoke? Yeah, night? I, yeah you'd I, like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. we've been pushing for that. We've been doing that for talking about for years. Yeah, okay? where's yeah. the fun and games department? And yeah. I was also guys. thinking about a bowling event. Bowling would be cool. Bowling, bowling cool. would be good. I like a bowling yeah. event, a, a charity yeah. bowling event. That'd bowling be cool. is very germy. Germy because yes. of the balls. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is germy. Big fan of. The, I don't mind the, touching those. Oh God! Just stop. Do we know what you're? No, seriously. I just bowled recently. I just bowled. My friends won't go because of what she said. She's like, COVID, weird, yeah, gross, it's oh, dark. No. It's Even pre-COVID, it's just kind of gross. It. You got to wash your hands a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of nasty. And then people it. eat nachos while they're bowling. It's like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, it's kind of gross. Well, all I'm saying is I'm not afraid of the germs at a bowling alley. You know what? Who else is not afraid? Tell me. The Philadelphia 76ers. They have a four-point lead in Boston right now midway through the third. Didn't I hear somebody say that they're done without you? Embiid? Yeah. Did I say that? You did. Hmm. I mean, in the series, they are done. But not an individual game. You never know. 
Boy, if, if uh, Philadelphia could win this game in Boston without Embiid, that's a big deal. It would really be. big deal. Yep. Um, let's talk Raiders real quick, and I want to talk about Clayton Kershaw and how he defies the odds still. Uh, Raiders, I like the Tyree Wilson pick. I like the. I think the Ra- Michael Mayer didn't Todd McShay, Lindsay, was it Todd yeah. McShay? Yeah, said so he's the pick of the draft. Yep, that's what he is. So he's the he best pick in the draft. Probably based on where he was drafted and what he can bring and how quickly he'll contribute. I didn't hear all of what McShay had to say about it, but that's kind of a big deal. Wow. Okay. Good for the Raiders then, because they just uh, they just trade. Um, yeah. What's his name? Him. The other tight end. Yeah. What's that guy's name who got married and then they traded him? <laughs> he's married to the soccer player. Yeah. What's that guy's name? Darren Waller? Darren Waller, yeah. I don't know where that there just you go. came and from. You, I mean, neither of us would survive nice on pull. the red zone. Where did nice that just pull, come Cappy. from? We would never survive pull. in the red zone because we no, didn't know Darren Waller. we'd be well-studied going in on Sundays, oh, okay. okay? Scott yeah. Hansen doesn't just show up not watching football all week. Yeah. You know, he doesn't show up without having pre-production meetings. Yeah. Um, I like the uh, the Byron Young, Alabama, you, you know, D-lineman. I think he's a good player. Uh, don't know anything about the kid from Cincinnati they drafted uh, at wide receiver. Um, don't know the kid from Maryland. Uh, the QB from Purdue I've seen. Um, he's all right. I mean, but, you know, quarterbacks can be developed to be backups. Why not? You know what I'm saying? Uh, look at Jimmy G, right? I mean, look, I think what the Raiders, at least at the very first oh, pick. I in- loved the DB from Georgia they drafted. That was the kid that I was watching on, on day three of the draft. That kid, a, a lot of people think his, the only issue – oh, Tyrese Maxey just got hurt too for Philadelphia. Boy, you are just all over the place right now. Damn it. You are all over the place. Um, the kid from Georgia, Chris Smith. Yeah. The only issue – he's a great corner. Mm. Only issue is measurables. He's he's small. So that's why he dropped to the fifth round. But he's legitimately really but, good. But you see, again, this goes That's back, a good pick, But though. that's why I like the Stetson Bennett pick for the Rams. Because if you take Stetson Bennett in the second round, you're like, what are you guys doing? But in the fourth round – to take a quarterback that's a two-time national champion that didn't start his career. He was a walk-on. He wasn't going to play. He transferred. He went to a junior college. He came back. He had to earn the job. He he was a backup, et cetera, et cetera. I like a guy who doesn't have it go five-star from high school, superstar in college, easy three years, move on to the NFL. Mm -hmm. A little adversity along the way shows what kind of character you've got. And I like this guy. Okay. I actually, I, the Raiders draft I thought was pretty good. Okay. I, I mean, they they took some risks on on certain guys. I, I, I thought it was above average. I'd give them like a B. Okay. I thought the Rams draft was like an A minus, if I'm being honest. Okay. So I give the Raiders like a B. I give the Chargers like an A minus or a B plus too. Quentin Johnston, I think is good. Legit, I, but but I don't understand why. Well, your wide receivers are always getting hurt. I, well, that's just it. You but you've invested so much money. You can't have enough wide Keenan receivers. Allen in, and Mike in, Williams, you, you can't, can't have ask, enough wide receivers. Let me ask you a question: What's the number one need the Chargers had in this draft? I, I'm, and I'm not suggesting to you that you're like Mr. Draft. I mean, expert. offensive line, maybe yeah. offensive line, defensive line. Well, they got a defensive lineman, Tuli Tuia Pelotu of USC is really good. Okay, so look. I just don't think that getting a wide receiver in the first round when you've put so much into first round wide receivers and you've got okay. so much money into these guys, I don't like you the pick. You can't have enough. Okay. I'm good with that. Okay. So I, I love that pick. Mm-hmm. I love Quentin Johnson. Don't He's love it. Big dude, big target. Yep. Tooley is good. He's the, he was the best pass rusher on USC's defense okay. last year. And it's not even close. Okay. okay? Uh Dayon Henley from Washington State, done a bunch of his games. Love him too. Okay. Big fan. Uh, Darius Davis, I don't know him all that well. I didn't, I, you know. He's I, another kid that played on the TCU team yeah, that yeah. played in the national yeah, championship. Yeah. And he's yeah. more of a kick returner kind right. of a guy. Yeah, yeah, he's more of a small guy. But in yeah. the fourth round, okay. Yeah, whatever. 
Uh, McFadden, a guard from Clemson. You know, I don't know anything about him, but big school, right? Right, big school. Yeah. Comes from a championship caliber coaching staff, et cetera. I like Scott that. Scott Matlock from Boise State, where one of the Kaplan girls go to. He's okay. He's an all right. I saw a bunch of his college and, career. And if you're going to like Stetson Bennett in the fourth round, I love this Max Dugan at, in, in the seventh round? Another guy who didn't have a clear career like where you're superstar high school quarterback, you're automatically a Heisman you know, Trophy candidate. You know what Max that, is? Tell me. He's Chase Daniels Redux. Maybe. That's what you need. He, he, you need a backup. He's a guy, though, who lost his job, battled back, got it back through somebody else's injury, and never gave it up. Chargers. And took his team to the national championship game. I like the pick. Rams, A-, minus. Raiders, B, Chargers, B+. Plus. Draft I like, grades. I like the Rams. I like the Rams draft. 14 guys, and then they went out and signed like 20-something undrafted yeah, free well, agents. You, do that, yeah. you need bodies. Yeah. yeah. I'm okay. I liked what the Rams did. But I thought they all did all right. I just thought the Rams did the best, then the Chargers, then the Raiders. And I love the Stenson Bennett. Ugh. I love, love that pick. Bleh. You need a backup quarterback. You drafted him in the fourth Bleh. round. Two-time national champion Bleh. and poses no threat to Matthew Stafford. Fart noises. That's a little brother relationship. I like that. Yeah, fart noises. Great job, Les Sneed. Fart noises. Great job there, pal. Les, I loved you on everything but that one. All right, Cappy, tell the people before. Coming up next, everyone's favorite segment after what you need to know, which is also people's favorite segment. Okay. Some people's. Yeah. Insider, outsider. Okay. Coming up in the 6 o'clock, top of the 6 o'clock hour. Okay. Uh, but first, Cappy, tell them about the LAFC giveaway we have. Okay. I will do that if I had it, but I don't have it. So by not having it, wait a second. Oh, here comes Lindsay Baseball. Oh, this is perfect timing. Uh, let's see. LAFC versus Philly presented by LAFC, calling all AFC fans. LAFC fans. Me and Sedano giving you a chance to win tickets to see LAFC host Philly tomorrow so this is the game that was the championship game last year in MLS. So Philly versus LAFC, tomorrow's Champions League game. Here's how you win. You call 877-710-ESPN. Caller 7 wins a four-pack of tickets to see LAFC host Philadelphia at BMO Stadium on Tuesday. A spot in the CCL final is at stake. Get your tickets at LAFC.com. Are we doing this right now, Lindsay? Oh, yeah? Yep. Oh, dope. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. Caller 7, you've got a four-pack of tickets to LAFC versus Philly at BMO Stadium tomorrow. Hit the phones now. Caller 7, you're a winner. All presented by LAFC.